Hi, this is Emeka and Elandris, and you're listening to the So Far Us podcast, the 30-minute podcast where we break down a trending topic, centering the discussion on the Black millennial woman's experience, and explore what it means for us by answering with, so for us, now let's break down this episode's trending topic. In 2022, there was a rise in soft life thanks to Nigerian influencer Courtney Daniela. Black millennial women began prioritizing themselves, opposing the strong black woman badge that no longer seems to be a badge of honor. After all, black women are losing their lives at high rates in childbirth, heart disease, bleeding disorders, and suicide. Isn't it time for us to choose ourselves for once? So for Alandris, I look at movements in the Black community over the years and notice we are often left out of the larger narratives. Our contributions to civil rights and women's rights are often left out of the larger narratives. Our contributions to civil rights and women's rights seem to be the small blip until you actually take a look deeper into our past. We were there. We are still here, saving everyone, yet we are not being saved. I think we should take a step back put down our capes for everyone else and prioritize ourselves for a change. This is Emeka. And for me, all 2023, I'm choosing myself first. So if it doesn't bring me enjoyment, fulfillment, closer to my life goals and dreams, it's going on the back burner instead of putting myself and my needs on the back burner. And I hope that we will all strive to do this. It is time for us to do this, to choose ourselves first. We need to do it for ourselves as well as those who couldn't or can't. So for I'm doing it for me, my mama, my grandma, my aunties, my great, great, great ancestors. It is time for us to choose ourselves first. All right. So when you look at the past year of Black women's experiences, um, when we look at Stacey Abrams, the Stallion, um, medical mortality rates to the Mayel organic controversy, how does it make you feel Black women living in America today? Because there's all kinds of ideas of what it means to be a Black woman. I just feel like with all of these different scenarios flowing around, how does that make you feel as a black woman? Um, Well, I think you've picked like a range of people that I think touches on a lot of different areas of what impacts us as black women and our experiences, right? So wanting to be heard and protected when you think about Megan Thee Stallion, um, our entrepreneurship, um, experience as Black women, when you think about Mayel and kind of some of the backlash she's receiving um, for things that people from other groups of people can do with their businesses. And some of them create their businesses to do that specifically, to be bought by other companies. Um, and then we think about Stacey Abrams. You also think about all the work um, that we do for not just ourselves, but the community and this country 
um, as a whole, right? And the things that she did in Georgia that impacted us on a national level in politics. Um, and I think like in our book that we're using for this month, um, Black Women Will Save the World and Anthem, <laughs> April Ryan, when she began to speak about Stacey Abrams and one of the quotes from her talks about Black women being the spine of like the country and so many movements. Um, and yet, you know, we also have to deal with, you know, being treated differently, not just sexism and racism because we're both a black and a woman, but also like these different expectations, the double standards. So what Myel Organics is ex experiencing as a black owned brand, she's expected to never be able to consider selling to a bigger corporation, which gives her the ability to scale her business even further and also use that money towards other opportunities within the community, kind of like what Shea Moisture has done. Um, and then also thinking about the Megan the Stallion um, situation where we're not believed, where we, there is a higher rate of violence towards us and often from people who we know or interact with. And yet all the things she's had to go through in her push to get justice for what transpired um, that you can't help but think and understand that that's because she's a black woman, right? Right. I remember seeing people take and police what she was wearing as she was walking into the courthouse. And I'm mm -hmm. like, how does that equate to her not being believed? She's wearing a suit. Her, her cleavage is showing very minimally. And people are saying that it's too provocative for her to be believed as a Black woman who was just assaulted by a man. And then you see her reputation of who she's had intimate relationships with. I, I feel like they minimize her experience and it goes back to what April Ryan was saying when she talked about the erasure of our stories and not being believed. Like she broke down what happened with Daniel Holtzclaw who assaulted uh, multiple black women and he used his power as a police officer to get away with it for so long. And the reason why he was able to get away with it is because these women were considered to be provocative or, or not considered believable because of their, their rank in society, whether they were poor, whether they were prostitutes, whether they were, um, I don't even know if prostitutes is the right word I should be using, but, or, or sex workers, sorry. Um, I, I feel like why do they have to present this, this woman who has experienced a sense of harm? Why is, why is this okay? Why is it okay to harm her? Why is it okay to erase her story just because she's a black woman? Because we see with other stories, I forgot the name of the young lady who was unalived by her boyfriend and her boyfriend unalived himself. It was all over the news, left and right. There were videos showing how she was being uh, discriminated, not discriminated against, but uh, assaulted by her boyfriend. And he was being extremely rude to her and putting his hands on her. And people would empathize with her, but they could not empathize with somebody like Meg the Stallion who was just existing like she literally was just existing and she was impacted by harm at the hands of another man by the by a black man at that 
And I just, and I just wonder like, what is it all for? Like we experience the harm. We experience the, the, the hardships of wanting, of people wanting our labor, of people Mm -hmm. wanting our labor, even at the expense of physical harm. So we, so when we're talking about the experiences of black women um, and we bring up someone like Stacey Abrams who experienced violence on the campaign trail, uh, being ostracized on the campaign trail while giving so much effort, it goes back to what you were saying about um, the Black Women Will Save the World book where April Ryan points out that Black women tend to be the backbone of democracy. We tend to be the backbone of society. We tend to carry the load, but people expect our labor, but they also mm-hmm. expect our in addition to so much work that we give, we have to be okay with being assaulted. We have to be okay with being um, feeling less than with being erased. And I feel like it gives us a hard time or it makes it harder for us to figure out how do we prioritize ourselves? Do we even have a chance to heal from this hurt before we're trying to be the next uh, hero or shero of somebody else? So my question to you would be is, why do you think it's so difficult for us to prioritize ourselves as Black women when we are expected to be so much to everyone else? I mean, you kind of said part of the answer right there. We're expected to, it's an expectation. It is what we do and it is what we see each other do. So then we all do it as well. Um, And you almost can do it to the point where you don't even have time to think about that, right? Or you don't Mm -hmm. have space to. Um, But you're seeing more and more people are trying to make space for us to really focus on self-care and putting ourselves first and like those reminders, because you really can't serve others well or as well. You can serve them well, but you can serve them even better if you also take the time to feed into yourself. Um, But and then the other side of it is because we get the worst of it, right? Yes. And all the disparities, we get the worst of it, right? And in everything that we do that impacts this country, everybody benefits. But the question is, if we were to stop doing what we do as Black women for this country, everyone will suffer, but we will suffer the most, right? So in a way, it's like we can't completely stop because then we are going to get the worst end of it. So part of it is for ourselves, but there has to be a balance or we have to find a way to do it differently and to, you know, hold other people accountable for pulling their share weight of it. It can't all fall on us, especially when we don't often get like the credit and the recognition. Like we've been a part of all the movements. And I think she talks about it in here, how we're a part of movements knowing that we're not the main nor intended beneficiaries, but we still put in the work and effort, right? And the question would be, would they do that for us? Would they put in that type of work if they wouldn't get a benefit and it would just be for us? Now that would be- Go ahead. That would be ideal if we could switch roles for a little while, give us a chance to breathe and recuperate, but- would they really? 
Well, I can say if we look at what happened with Roe v. Wade when it got overturned, like we saw how many non-Black women were saying, oh my God, we need to unify. We need to come together. We need to do all these things together. We need to um, unify as women. This is a women's movement. They're attacking our rights as women. And then it's like, Black women were like, well, we tried to tell you the first time, but you didn't listen. But okay, girl, let's see what happens when you get ready to vote. See what you actually really feel. And then when it came down to election time, all that, we are women, hear me roar. Um, we are doing this together. Sisters are doing it for themselves. We had all the anthems. And then when the voting results came out, it showed Black women were out here holding the line by ourselves. So we know, Always. we know that it is time and time and again that we will not have the same support if the roles were reversed. We will end up falling because we're trying to save everyone else. But we will also fall if we back away entirely. That actually goes into my next question, which was if you could predict what would happen to Black women um, uh, what would you, if you could predict what would happen if black women completely pulled away from all of the efforts, what would happen to the rest of the country? We would um, see it, it crumble. <laughs> we, it, we would see it crumble, but we would also be impacted twofold. So we can't really pull away entirely, like you were saying, like we can't really pull away entirely because we will end up ruining ourselves. Yeah. So is there a way to... I mean, what do we do? We can't, I mean, we could keep going like this. I guess it's been sustainable for generations, but to what end? Because we're still, you know, there are all these ceilings to what we can do. There are all these issues that we're facing. We're still, you know, not protected, not listened to. Um, there's the wage gap, the income gap, all of those things, you know. Um, so to what end do we continue to do it? And what happens if we did decide we're just going to focus on ourselves instead of being like how she described the spine of movement that we're not the beneficiaries for? What if we choose to only focus on movements that are specifically to benefit us? And maybe, yes, other will benefit because that's always how it is. Yes. But we can be like other groups have been. What if we are like other groups where we're like, that's cool. You might, it might trickle down to you, but we're really only going to put our energy in those things specifically geared towards helping black women. I, I like that idea. So I think um, most of the times when I, when I host lives on TikTok, when I have these conversations and we talk about issues of like, for example, reparations. People like to have this conversation about what well, we wanted for just Black people. And we realize throughout history, everything that has benefited Black people only, we end up indirectly benefiting other groups as well. So I like that idea of us focusing on what actually benefits us. And if it helps somebody else, great girl, that works out for you too. But we are just focusing in on how we can un uplift us, how we can uplift us. Now, I mean, the, the rising tide may lift your boat, but we just focusing on us sailing through the ocean over here. I don't care what you do after you benefit over that, over there. But I think 
we have to reconcile to that fact that no matter what we do is going to benefit everyone else. But if we just focus and be selfish for once, <laughs> because we have not been selfish, um, we may be able to see the change. Like people will start looking at what black women are doing because they already look to black women for resources. They already look to black women for help. They already look to seeing what direction the society will go because of what black women are doing anyway. If we and are let us speaking to that, let them see it. But like you said, the help, we don't need to help. We can let right. them see what we do. They can try to replicate it. We've seen some of that where they try to replicate it, but it, was it doesn't a work out. But they're going to have to learn their lesson. But we don't have time to go in, hold their hands and teach it to them. Right. Because they don't really do that with us. Right. They right. they go they set up their agendas focus on them even if they know it leaves us out mm-hmm. and then we help them on those agendas and maybe we also may get helped a little bit but it doesn't really touch on the unique you know things that just touch on us and not them so much right um, and where's their effort and concern towards that so I say we lead by example but let them figure it out they can figure out what the pattern is we have social I- media they can see what we're doing they can read the articles about it they can come and help us and learn from that but we don't have to take time away from our continued progress towards our own agendas and initiatives to better the lives of black women to put that on time out to now go over here and help them set up what they're trying to replicate from what we did just let them learn let us be an example as we continue to create more examples focusing on ourselves i like that because it also reminds me of the women's march back in 2016 was it 17 or 18? Whichever year that was, there was a whole fiasco about the Women's March and Black women were kind of like pushed to the back. Mm. They asked for Black women's help to create the infrastructure of the movement, but then not, they didn't want Black women to be the face. They didn't want Black women to speak to Black women issues. They wanted this to be a all-inclusive woman thing. And you could see like uh, people like Tamika Mallory were a part of it. And she was attacked on The View by Megan McCain for being a part of the women's movement, but also having beliefs that were specific to black women's experiences that Megan McCain could not relate to. And so she was targeted. And I feel like, well, maybe we should not include ourselves into that narrative to where we build with them because they they actually don't want to build with us. They want us to build it. They want us to help them build build it, it. but they don't want to build for us as well. Not if it doesn't actually help whatever they they are building for. If it doesn't relate to them, they're not really that interested, right? Sadly, sadly. And so, I mean, while we were out there trying to create um, ideas surrounding policy, they showed up with pink hats. (laughs) And I'm like, at that point... At that point, if you're going to show up with your pink hat, show up with your pink hat. But while we're building policy for us, let us do us. We know you're going to end up benefiting, but we can't, we're not going to help you replicate what we're doing over here. We're not going to help you do that because the labor, I think the labor and the endurance that is expected of black women needs to have a stopping point. And I feel like when I was reading black women will save the world, it was all about having this faux sense of power that we can endure it all. We can, we can achieve it all, but we're martyrs. We're martyrs for different communities, but our own, and we're not striving 
to get to the place of thriving as a community of black women because we're so busy trying to heal and then work and heal and then work and that we don't fully heal that we just ended up working ourselves to the bone that we never really get to a place of successfully thriving as black women and i feel like we are not your mules we're not your mules we, we're not going to carry the load for you anymore so what does what does considering yourself in your everyday life look like as a black woman? What does considering yourself look like? I mean, I think we're still figuring that out, right? For some of us, because that's an adjustment because we're not used to doing that. But I think saying no <laughs> sometimes. And um, meaning it. And meaning it. And meaning it. And d- sticking to the no, like not getting invent, um, convinced to do things that really aren't beneficial to you, right? That um, doesn't bring something to your life and your needs, but it only helps others. And that's great. And it probably feels nice. And you know that you have the ability or as she sometimes describes it, our superpower to help others. Um, but really, before you take on new responsibilities and obligations, ask yourself, well, how does this benefit me? What does it bring to my life? And being okay with that, it, even me suggesting that question feels very selfish. But- yes, it feels weird. <laughs> it feels weird to even think about that question. But that's like what we have to have to do. And in our everyday lives, like even, even with family members, um, and friendships and everything and just checking with our ourselves. How does this impact us? How does this bring to our lives and our goals and what we're striving to do? And how does it take away? Because if it takes away, maybe that's another reason to say no. Maybe. Yes. And I especially want to dive in on twofold of taking that time to be selfish as well as taking that same concept into work because sometimes we'll go on vacation, but we have our work laptops with us. And I feel like we oh, need to make sure we leave the that, work laptop yeah. at home. <laughs> no, there, I found that out. Like there's a whole segment of black women who are still working on vacation. And I'm like, yeah. I yeah. need to make sure that I don't do that. But full transparency moment here. I haven't been on vacation since 2018. And wow. I haven't, before that, I didn't take a vacation for 10 years. 10 years because I was so used to working and I'm like, okay, but I have to save this. This is crumbling. I have to do this. I have to do that. And the reason why I didn't take a vacation in 2018, uh, after 2018 is because I was planning a vacation for 2020 and then we know COVID hit. So that was a whole thing. And then since then I haven't even thought about a vacation, but I'm going to take two this year and I'm making sure that I'm prioritizing my mental health. I've, you know, made sure that therapy, Therapy is a consistent, is a consistent um, fixture in my life to make sure I'm prioritizing my mental health through this. I'm making sure that um, I'm, I'm being physically active to prioritize my physical health because Black women are are dying um, at high rates of heart disease and heart failure yeah. and, and stress. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to die young because I was so stressed out that I didn't take a time to take a break because I couldn't say no, because I had to save everybody but myself. And I I really feel like 
what this looks like, it's going to be hard because we've been programmed for so many years to just save everybody that what if we took one year off? What if we took 2023? It's January of 2023. What if we took this year and said, this is the year of no to everyone else and yes to us? Like, this is our year of yes, quote Shonda Rhimes. Right. And I, I was thinking about that book. I was like, but I liked it too much to be like, instead of say yes, say no. But yeah, this is our right. year to say yes to ourselves. So, yeah. Um, yes. I, I agree with that. I also don't take off as much as I know I should. That's something I plan on working on as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is the year. I say I'm down for it. I, I'll sign up for that. I'm going to say yes to myself all 2023 and hopefully moving forward. And that doesn't mean like I won't do things for other people, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to, like I said in the previous segment, put myself on the back burner to do something for someone else. Um yeah, you know, we have to prioritize ourselves, our self care, our mental health, our physical health. And when you think about it, what we all know, and April Ryan speaks on in the book as well, is, you know, we go through as black women, racial and sexist encounters, like on a daily basis, I think she mm-hmm. said, like, kids go through five, like discriminatory events, like maybe daily black children in particular. And obviously, we know that that impacts our health and our well-being mentally and physically. And there's really not that much we can do. We're going to encounter those. So for those things we can control, working out, going to the doctor, eating well, seeing a therapist, taking time off of work, making time for ourselves, doing things that bring us joy, for those things we can control that also impacts our health, we should do those things, right? Because we're already going to have to face those things outside of our control that other people don't have to face. And they don't have to face it to the extent that we as Black women have to face it. Absolutely. And I think that uh, with that study that you and I talked about offline of Black women experiencing depression, and it looks differently in Black Mm -hmm. women, um, we should also look at those differences in the way that they show up, these symptoms of depression, and start combating those with um, healing opportunities. So if it shows up in irritation, what can bring us peace that day? If it shows up in being overwhelmed, what could help us find the mental space to cl- declutter? You know, like really taking into consideration what specifically impacts us as Black women and how do we channel a way that's a, 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 a way that helps us to say, I gotta do me. I, I, I gotta, I gotta look out. For me. Is what is what is it that that line I'm, that Cookie says to Lucius? I gotta, yeah, something like I gotta put me first. first Lucius. Lucius. Like yes, that, yes, yes, um, yes, Cookie. Yes, we do. Um, so. <laughs> But that goes to also remembering, like, we can't have the expectation that other people are going to make that space for us. Uh, In the book, it talks about, we don't get a lot of grace from people. No, From all the different aspects of all the things we do and all the settings, we are not extended a lot of grace. We've talked about that on several episodes, but we're talking about several topics because in all the different facets of our lives, we're not extended grace in the way other people are. As April says in the book, or April Ryan says in the book, we have to give ourselves grace. And I think part of that is we have to create our own space for those opportunities to feed into ourselves, 
um, because other people, they're not really going to create those spaces and opportunities for us. And so we're going to have to take them. We're going to have to create them and make them. Yes, because we create and make everything else for everybody else. We need to start creating and making that space, carving out that space for ourselves and putting it on a calendar, uh, whether it's physical or digital, uh, put it in a, in a reminder that this is the time that I carve out for me. Nobody right. can intersect this time. No. Because this is me. This is the no. no. Even title it in your calendar. <laughs> I really like, need no. you, but could you? No. 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 No, I can't. Not today. Pick somebody Try me else. again next week. But right now, at that time, no. Don't no. even explain yourself because you don't need to explain yourself. Right. No. Like, we also have to stop not explaining free. ourselves, too. I'm not free. No is a, in, is a full sentence and a full stop. So I just want to say this. In the year of 2023, 23, Black women, consider yourself. Consider the thought of not being the glue that holds everyone together. Consider not swooping in to save the day for a change. And would it hurt Black women to just be selfish for once? Thanks for taking the time to listen to the So For Us podcast. Be sure to check us out on your favorite social media sites using the at So For Us podcast handle. Like, comment, leave a review, send us a trending topic you'd like us to discuss, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We'll talk to you soon in the best place that is so for us.